Hi and welcome back to the Trans Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Marketing Through Technology. We ended the last episode with discussing that one of the most important aspects of MarTech is data and let's continue today's episode from there. So to help me dwell further into this topic, let's welcome back Zarina Stanford. She is a seasoned global CMO, a recognized change agent and a frequent industry speaker. She held a celebrated career at IBM where she was the global VP of marketing in software and system after which she joined SAP as CMO for Asia Pacific and Japan and now is the CMO of Synity. Besides having a diverse global sales and marketing background, she is also a champion for diversity and inclusion initiatives. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi Zarina and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Thank you. Great to be back. Great. So uh, I think over the last episode, uh, we discussed MarTech at length. uh, And towards the end, we very briefly spoke about, you know, the importance of data. Uh, So streaming from that and, you know, data being such a generic word today, uh, which could actually mean multiple things. uh, But the one thing that I want to touch upon is, you know, your audience and customer data. So though we know it can't really be pegged against, you know, any specific currency, we know that data is extremely valuable today. And I believe it is like, you know, a great investment for any company to have. Uh, So what is your view on this and how valuable do you think data is actually today? Yeah, and and this is a great bridge back to our last conversation as well, too, is that I, I truly believe that data is so critical that it it does not matter how big, how small your company is or what space and what industry you're in. If you're able to handle and harvest and turn data that you have as assets, your trajectory of growth would be huge. You know, you were asking me about the audience and customer data Um, and and being a little bit, you know, biased, I mean, no doubt, right, in our space in marketing, and yeah. I would bridge that into sales as well, customer data is like crown jewel. Yeah. But I think what's a lot more powerful, and we do it today now, and we can easily have that handy. And in fact, there are things I'm sure that other companies, I mean, uh, some of MarTech companies can do that I'm not aware of yet, Yeah. is to be able to make sense of their behavior behavioral data becomes a lot more important. I think this is where for us B2B areas needs to really learn a big deal from the B2C companies. You know, uh, this, I I assume, you know, most of the world now have this concept of coupons or special promotions and whatever. And then you have these loyalty programs for the grocery store that you go to. Well, what are they doing? They're con- collecting your buying behavior history. Yeah. Is, is it a little bit scary sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it could be. It could be sometimes. Uh, so just actually, since you mentioned this, there was this one example, which I remember coming through, uh, where there was a car insurance company in India uh, who had so much data on their customers or clients that they thought it would be the best if they convert the data that they have on customers uh, into actually serving ads. So what they did was, uh, I mean, they had uh, the the, the customers 
you know the make of the car the car the color of the car uh, the license plate number uh, you know and so on and mm. so forth so so what they did is they put all this data together and they started creating ads uh, which were personalized to every customer so if i am a customer of that company what was happening is when i landed on you know a site uh, i would end up seeing an ad uh which had so for example if i owned a toyota camry uh i would see a toyota camry design with the color of my car uh with my license plate on that car and telling me that a your your insurance expires you know in 3 days uh log on to the site to renew it now uh so though the concept was very personalized it ended up freaking a lot of customers out and i think in a week's time they had to pull down that entire campaign Yeah, you know that that's an awesome example that I think as companies who has the luxury to have data and yeah. at hand, right? There is there is a there is a governance, there is a responsibility that we need to be cautious about. True. I love the notion of personalization like we just talked about, you know, whether it's coupon shopping or car insurance expiring. Yeah. Um but sharing the the means of how we tee up that information and what do we use it yeah separates the wise companies versus those that are not as wise i mean this is and i think that in that case i'm i'm going to if i may say so i'm going to make yeah. a little bit of a judgment i think the the group who designed that campaign should have caught that yeah campaign designers have a key role yeah number one understanding the business, understanding the customer journey right what do they what is what are they like what do they like and yeah. second is understanding what's important for the business to tee up yeah you know what do i want to ultimately what the success look like and what do i want to be engaging them with true and then the third is this third dimension of you know am, am i exploiting properly or am i exploiting to the point of being not kosher and True. i think that to me is a campaign designer and the business we need to take we being the 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 design and the marketing professional yeah. and the business for that matter yeah i think needs to take that responsibility yeah great and i completely agree uh, so moving from that and addressing a more common misconception that people have uh, which is data equals to insights you know and this misconception largely exist with people who don't use it so much or people who you know want to uh, adopt it but don't know how to and uh, you know what is the value that they get out of it leading on this misconception that you know people have that data equals to insights you know what is your view on it and uh, have you ever come across this misconception that a lot of people have uh, yeah totally and and i think the underlining concept of what you said and what will make a break whether it is good insights or really is real you know does it do anything for us yeah is this notion of being in context i'm very big about you know if you see a set of numbers yeah if i tell you that that's a that's a set of numbers of the 10 of us our birthdays put it all together as an example Yeah. Or these are just pure random numbers. Or these are numbers that is actually the formula of a of a of a drug that we're trying to develop. Yeah. They could be the same data stream potentially. True. True. But they're for totally different reasons. True. And that's what I meant by context. 
Yeah. And I think data put into context will become insights. Agreed. But data just for the sake of data and put in the wrong context is actually bad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one thought, I think, you know, whilst you were speaking, just came to my mind. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, since I wasn't around at this, at you know, during that time, I thought, let me just ask you this, you know, so today, when we are surrounded with, you know, a lot of analysis and insights, because of the availability of data, I just wonder how would people manage to do this without it? You know, in fact, in a lot, in, in, you know, in a lot of cases, I think data today is helping clear the backlog of a lot of unanswered questions. How do you think people used to, you know, manage things at that time? Because I can't even imagine yeah. uh, think, things without data and insights today. Well, you know, that's interesting. I, I'm laughing. Uh, I'm smiling really for two reasons. If I could bring you back to my childhood as well yeah. as 30, 30 years ago or so when I started in business, yeah, um, data was totally different context and it's once in a while will come up. So I don't know if you have seen this in museums or whatever. I, I remember growing up, we used, we, we have rotary phones. Yeah. You know, you, you push your finger into one of these holes and you yeah. literally a dial, right? Yeah. And, and I remember is that sometimes you push a little less or, or, you know, you didn't go all the way through you dial yeah. a different number, right? <laughs> yeah. There is no precision because it's an analog world. Yeah. And fast forward, uh, when I began uh, working, uh, I actually was in the telecommunication space. So I have the luxury that back in those days, we were already doing a little bit of technology driven. So this whole notion of zero and ones is already there. Yeah. And that just was amazing to say, oh, wow, this is how you could, how precise you could be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even a little before that, uh, at least the perception that I have is a lot of things, you know, especially uh, for marketers used to be a lot of gut feel uh, that if they Mm. feel that, you know, television would work better than uh, radio, they would do television. Uh, So it was a lot of gut feel rather than what probably stands today, where data tells you that, you know what, television campaign is not working. Uh, People aren't seeing it. Uh, but what people are actually consuming more is digital and radio combined together, for example. So am I true? Uh, is, is that a true? Total, yeah, you're totally, totally true. Um, you, you also just reminded me of my school times because my undergrad is in journalism. So therefore, I have to take a lot of marketing and marketing research yeah. uh, classes. And, you know, the, the thing of back in those days was like things like Nielsen. You yeah. know, you, you can look at news and rating and you say where that should go. But you're exactly right uh, in that we did a lot more in, intuitive right? yeah. gut feel. Yeah. And therefore, it, you know, in a sense, I have to say this, Prashant, in a sense, it's a little bit more fun because you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. But in another, it's not the precision that we need to be looking at right now. And, and I would add one more notion, which is, Sometimes data could almost guide us too far. You know, you, you just look at data and then I have, I'm being very, very transparent here. Yeah. Is that I think in, in the newer generation, when we just let the data talk, do the talking, yeah. we're missing the EQ side. True. You know, and, and that's why I think for us marketing professionals in particular and marketing leaders, it's really a luxury to be able to use your left brain and your right brain. Yeah. And you have to be one of those. 
Yeah, and and actually, funny enough, my next question was actually just going to be exactly this, which was that you know, in general, marketers tend to believe that data and analytics and insights uh, are a great tool to have, and a lot of marketers, you know, fall upon data to actually give them the best results. But there is this one unit or one segment of marketers who actually manage, you know, mainly creatives, who don't still believe that data is so important because they still feel like you know and just all the points that you mentioned right now is that they feel that creatives don't actually need data uh, to prove if they are doing it right or wrong and i know very briefly you you already pre-answered this question uh, <laughs> but do you do you also face this this kind of uh, notion that idly and especially yeah. you see this with a lot of agency creative people you know where where yeah. they like to be in their space and they don't like to be disturbed either by other people yeah. or by data well i'm 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 going to be very very blunt and 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 uh denominational in this case in the sense yeah. that i think i love creative thinking and execution and design and all that right at the same time though we also have to ask the question as a business leader what is the roi yeah what is the impact that we're going to make yeah. what does success look like you know you have the coolest ad that comes out what does it mean by cool for the for the for the customer that we're trying to serve if i'm in an agency yeah what does success look like do i just want to be a cool agency or do i want to be the cool agency that delivers the outcome yeah. to measure outcome you have to have data to yeah. measure the impact you have to have quantifiable but at the same time you know flip over the other way we yeah. shouldn't be told to right sided either because we can confine creativity yeah true so uh, i mean i know in you know uh, our previous conversation earlier uh, we discussed the number of tech companies that are coming up nowadays and i'm sure you know even you've seen a lot of tech companies grow and fall but in the recent past can you think of you know a small tech company that has inspired you with their products and i know you you know you have a great eye for this <laughs> well thank you um yeah uh, and and you know I guess I'm not going to share the name, uh, sure. but I was with a friend of mine, and we were talking about this company. And you mentioned it in our first conversation in the first episode, which is, you know, wouldn't that be great if we can automate everything that we do yeah. as a marketing process? Yeah. And if you equate that, that essentially is the marketing ERP. Yeah. I think about, you know. You know, ERPs of the old world and the new modern ERPs is to help business run their enterprise process. The enterprise, you know, from procurement down to you know accounts receivable, yeah, is everything that the company has to run. There yeah. is, in fact, a company who has this vision right now, and okay. I was very intrigued when they were sharing to me um, that their their vision is exactly that. So yeah. I think that's coming. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, just going back to our previous conversation about marketing automation, and I was very pro it. I was reading a lot about it, going through a lot of tools, till I came across this book and this one chapter mentioned this one line which stuck with me, is that the last thing that mankind creates would be technology, because technology would create everything post that. 
which means that mm-hmm. once we create all the technology, then how do our jobs stay relevant? So that's one thought that has stuck with me, which is a little scary. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So so that was that was just to, to add on to, to the last part that you mentioned. Yeah, you know, I, and if if uh, if I have time, I'd like to add to what you just said. Yeah. Um, I think there there is though there are those who will look to that as a as a scary thing, scary yeah. potential. Yeah. But I think that there is also another way to look at that is that isn't that what makes human amazing? Because we are the one yeah. who could actually put application to technology yeah. to do things that only human can envision. True. Um, and in fact, uh, there, there's a book, Sentience, that I'm trying to get uh, put my hand on. Uh, right. is, is part of that thought, right? With the whole AI and ML, um, and it gets to the point about the use case again. Yeah. How, how do we do it properly? And what can we advance the whole humankind and the world that we live in while keeping in mind of being ethical and responsible? Yeah. So before we end this conversation, there is one last question I wanted to ask you. With all these enhancements in marketing, thinking like a marketing leader has become extremely important. So what is your take on that? Yeah, thank, thanks, for, thanks for asking that question because I think that that truly is my belief and is my mission, if I may, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as a leader and as a leader, as a business leader and a community leader, I guess. Yeah. Uh, whose role is to serve the constituencies, including the business as well as the world at large, that I think most first and foremost, every single marketing professional and marketing leader has to understand and believe that we are a critical part of business to be successful. True. Imagine a world where you have only, you know, finance and, you know, sales and maybe development, and yet there is no presence and there is no generating of leads and engagement and there is no brand presence at large. Yeah. That's a bit, that's missing a big wheel. So if a business were to be a three prong business or, you know, three legged stool, it would be like being a stool that's only two-legged if you don't have marketing. True. But that, presu- but, but that presumes one thing. That presumes we as the marketing organization and we as marketing leaders yeah. acting and serving as a business leader first. True. Uh, so, I mean, you know, great. I think uh, we've ended on a very strong thought-provoking note. And honestly, thank you so much, Zarina, for sharing your thoughts uh, and learnings, you know, which you have garnered over the last two uh, episodes. It has been a real, real pleasure to host you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the forum and I look forward to talking in the future. Great. So for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful. And in case if you have any doubts, feedback or just want to spark a conversation, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week. Until then, as usual, don't forget to stay curious.